This week on Home Dunk, it's our part of the Infinite Guest Year End Extravaganza, the I-G-Y-E-E, the Iggy. And we are going to celebrate the first annual Dunky Awards. I hit a home dunk. I wish that you had shown up. I played over my head, everything was off the charts. I jumped out the gymnasium and knocked it out the park. Did a handstand, hit a grand slam, it was a great day for the fans, man. I got three sacks and broke three bats. I gave the crowd money plus free snacks. I did a hat trick and a backflip. It's on ESP and Classic, and you weren't there, and it hurt me to watch them retire. Get my jersey, I hit a home dunk. Thank you, Open Mike Eagle. Hello, everybody. I'm John Moe, and from American Public Media and from the Infinite Guest Network, this is Home Dunk, a very special year-end extravaganzal edition of Home Dunk. We are going to be giving out the Dunky Awards. And with me is a writer, performer, uh, guy, beard owner, Mike Fotis. Hello, Mike. Hey, Jan. How's it going? It's going okay. I'm really excited. It's the, finally the day of the awards. Yeah, let's celebrate sports. Let's they celebrate are never sports. celebrated. You know, we it's it's about time sports got some credit <laughs> in our society. Attention to sports, for God's sakes! And uh, you know, we've rented out this hall. This uh, all the celebrities are here. Wearing tuxedos. The shrimp is amazing. The shrimp cocktail. The shrimp is wearing tuxedos, um, which a lot of people said that's unnecessary. That's that's too high of an expense. But uh, you know, no, the tuxedos are made out of bacon too. They're they're made out of bacon. It's delicious, and this is podcasting, so we can afford it. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Haven't you heard? Ever since cereal, you know. (laughs) What's that noise? Oh, it's all the money. It's all the money come pouring in. We have some awards to give away uh, here at the grand ceremony. Um, the winners of the donkeys, and we haven't really defined what the donkeys are, Mike, but I tend to think of it as uh, people, entities, teams, uh, subjects in sports that uh, that inspire or depress or just make sports a little bit more remarkable. Yeah, I think that that's a good way to put it. And are you just saying that because you're on? the show that I host and no, I mean, just I think playing that's along pretty with accurate. it. Like, I okay. think some of the commentary I'm going to have about the donkeys might not be super positive. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. It's, it's a little like, like time magazine person of the year. Like when Hitler won yeah. person of the year, it wasn't a good thing. No, they didn't say they loved Hitler, whether they loved Hitler or not <laughs> was beside the point. Um, so, uh, all right, well, let's get started. First donkey, and I believe he's in attendance tonight, uh, Derek Jeter. Hey, good job, Derek. You did it. Good job. He's uh, retired from the Yankees this year after, I believe, 50 years? At least 50. I thought it was closer to 65. Yep. And uh, there was a whole lot of lionization going on of Derek Jeter, especially from, well, Gatorade. You know what? I'll walk from here. I'll say it clear. I'll Hello. state my case. Seven, fellas. Let's win it. Hey. 
This is Stan. But that's a uh, that's an ad that was making the rounds of Derek Jeter in black and white because he's classy and old timey, <laughs> wandering around New York just getting loved by people. Yeah, as if he needed that. As if he needed that. So this is, you know, when I'm thinking about the year in sports, I had to include Jeter on here because I've never really had a feeling about Derek Jeter before. I'm not a Yankees fan, but I'm not a diehard Yankees opponent. He was fine, but now I hate him. You hate him? I hate him now because uh, because it just it was too much wallowing in glory. It was uh, like like there was a big vat of melted gold, and he just decided to dive in and splash about. <laughs> he was like Scrooge McDuck. He was Scrooge McDuck. His, his yes. sea of coins. I like him. Yeah. Let me tell you a quick. So I I think he's really good. I don't okay. think he was. I don't think he was a good shortstop for a long time. <laughs> He's not so good at playing baseball. <laughs> right. But yeah, yeah, you know, he was a good guy. Good good swig. But um, so I went to go see the Yankees play the Twins. Oh. Um, and I was so excited because, like, you know what? I've this never past seen, season. Yeah, farewell this tour. last season. I was like, I've never seen Derek Jeter play. Yeah. This would be really fun. I'm a big baseball guy, so I'm going to go see him. And guess who decided to take off the day before the Twins had Derek Jeter Day? Derek, Derek Jeter. Jeter. Oh. I was oh, that turned me a little bit. John. Yeah, yeah. Because I think, all right. So it's a long season. You're also making a billion dollars, right? So show up so that I can have a memory. Show up and swing a stick, and then mostly stand in one place yeah. for quite a while. Just have one at bat. That's all I was asking. That's right. And why wouldn't you want to face the Twins pitchers this year? There was. <laughs> That's not even like being at work. Yeah, he had not a great year. Yeah. So why wouldn't you at least play play the Twins as much as possible to try to get your average up a little bit? I would think so. I think now I've got to kind of reach in and, and figure out where my Derek Jeter antipathy comes from because I'm not a Red Sox fan. It's not about that, but I think what it is is uh, I can trace it back to 1995 <laughs> when uh, the Mariners were playing the Yankees and Jeter was like, I don't think he was even starting on that team. I think he was like the the September call-up, just like see if he could stick around. The, the young kid with some potential. <laughs> and so I've never been able to accept him as an old person. Like, I remember when you were a kid, like the oldest players on the team that you followed yeah, were like, remember. they were as old as mountains. And and so with if Derek Jeter is one of those, I just don't think old people should be named Derek. That just no. makes no sense to me. After a certain point, after like, let's say 32, you should just have to change your name to something Yeah, else. William. Roger yeah. or William. Was <laughs> that Derek? Right, Derek. That, that should, yeah. That's so. like a 42-year-old named Chad. Right, right. It doesn't happen. Well, you know we're going to have like a, a president named Caden at some point. Oh, we sure are. It's just going to be we awful. We sure are. A vice president named Addison. Yeah. Oh. All right. Well, Mike and I are just going <laughs> to sit back here and die. But congratulations. Derek Jeter's coming up to the podium now. I'm going to hand him that award there. Oh, sure. Here you go. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Surprisingly, he has nothing to say. No, good job. No, that's a shocker. Well, you fielded it because I handed it to you. <laughs> good of you to show up this time. The next Dunkey Award, um, again, a, a guy who hasn't gotten a lot of credit in the sports world, hasn't gotten a lot of attention, Mr. LeBron James. And uh, I, we, I think we each had our own reasons for uh, for awarding this to LeBron. Why don't you go first? Derek? Yeah. All right. Well, I will. So first off, I think I think it's weird 
that LeBron James is the best player in basketball. He is. And it's not really, in my opinion, all that close. Right. And there's just sort of a little bit of haterade against him. Mm-hmm. And I don't quite understand that because he plays really well. Yes. He's a decent member of the community. By and large, everybody seems to like him unless you're a fan of basketball, I've noticed that. It just <laughs> seems that people who like basketball, for some reason, don't like LeBron Wait, James. explain. Oh, everybody I know is like, oh, LeBron, LeBron James. James. Oh, there he goes, having trouble in the finals again. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, you have an issue with somebody who's maybe the greatest basketball player of the last 15 years? It's, All right. It's a little like the Beatles. Like, you know, nobody can have the Beatles as their favorite band, even if you have to say, well, the Beatles, yeah, but they are the Beatles. Yeah, yeah that's, that's LeBron James. I think he was noteworthy in 2014 because he got shamed back to Cleveland, Ohio. So he goes to Miami and he says he regrets the, the announcement thing that got him down to the Miami Heat in the first place. Does pretty well down there, wins some championships. Um, but everybody just stays so mad at him for so long. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Everybody that he went to, that as a young man and a free agent... Imagine being offered a huge pile of money to go work in Miami when you were like 20, 23, 24 years old. I went to Miami when I was 23 years old, <laughs> and I didn't have a lot of money, yeah. and I had an amazing And it time. was still <laughs> great. I had the best time ever. So <laughs> imagine me times 53 million, and I think we get why LeBron James went. Yeah, and so I've never blamed him for that, but I, I do find it fascinating that it's such a guilt trip, such a long sustained guilt trip so many people society-wide not getting over him going to miami that he has to go back to cleveland it's like cleveland was his mom who just kept sending letters and or like leaving voicemails that were like but but that it worked though yeah it finally just wore him down he's like oh what else are we gonna do he had no choice yeah when free agency happened (laughs) he's the only player in history who like he had no literally no choice where he was gonna go yeah he had to go back to cleveland he had to go back to cleveland and like there was something about his contract where, for whatever salary cap reasons, it's like a two or a three year contract at first. But he even said, "No, I'm just, I'm just going to stay in Cleveland. I will never get out of Cleveland." It was the most resigned press conference ever. He's like, "Look, this is happening. You win, everybody. So. <laughs> we'll bring you Kevin Love to play with." Fine. He traded in his fancy car, bought a, a reasonable Hyundai. Yeah, just, <laughs> just bought like, a Hyundai. What's the point anymore? Yeah, and this is what just, it is. Yeah, right, no more uh, anti-balding medication. He's just let <laughs> it roll. All right, let's stay in the NBA for the next Dunkey Award. Thank you, LeBron. You can it, oh, yeah. go ahead and have a seat. Uh, and uh, you know you can spot this guy sitting out here in the uh, in the crowd at the the Dunkey Awards from the Houston Rockets, staying in the NBA here, James Harden. James Harden. Well, it's it's partially because I also have a beard. Yes. He's one of my favorite players in the NBA because he just rocks it. Like he literally doesn't care at all. He's just got this really long beard. And for someone who is as prolific a scorer as James Harden is, he doesn't. I'm not saying he doesn't try. He just gives the illusion, the appearance of, <laughs> the not, appearance really trying, of not trying. And then all of a sudden you're like, how did this dude score 41 points? <laughs> yes. Like, how did that happen? Yeah. Because he sort of seems into it. Like, I think he's a good teammate and I think he's a good player and he plays good defense. But you look at him and you could see in his eyes, he's like, this is fine. 
yeah. or I could just go home and play with my train set, and I'd be <laughs> equally okay with that. I'd be amazing at it because I'm just pretty good at stuff. Yeah. That's so when I watch James Harden, I'm like, how did you do that? I would not be surprised if you just saw him with like a subway sandwich in his hand, <laughs> just running up and down the court, and you're like, he's like, is that guy eating a sandwich? Right. Oh, look at just look pulling at aside somebody else on the court to talk about uh, Peaky Blinders on Netflix. Just yeah. you know, the show I saw. Yeah, and, I'm kind of uh, surprised he left the Thunder because didn't he leave the Thunder? Well, did they trade him? They traded him okay. because they didn't want to pay a luxury tax. That's right. Yeah, and he kind of wanted to start, which has always surprised me a little bit because he strikes me as the perfect like six man. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, I'm coming in. He'll sure. do that from age 35 to 50. Yeah, certainly. But yeah, I mean there there is a a, a quality about him. Like I always want an NBA player, I want any pro athlete to be smiling and clapping their hands all the time because of how fortunate they are. Right. They're making all sorts of money playing a game. They should just be giddy constantly. I'm never going to get that. But what I don't want is is someone out there who just seems to hate being alive, like Kobe Bryant. <laughs> yes. Just hates other people and himself and the process of being alive. So in that sense, Harden is uh, is fine. And like you said, he he could be doing something else. But this is, uh, you know, it's not a bad way to make a living. No. And his commercials are hilarious. His commercials the are great. He's got comic timing. I watch him sometimes even that. I'm like... Uh, I do comedy and it's hard. And, yeah, and like I'm always stressed out. And then like I know his commercials, one take, one take. Did you say the week of greatness is back at Foot Locker? Whoa, James Harden. Yeah, you gonna go? Of course I'm gonna go. Why wouldn't I go? Okay, no need to get defensive. Defensive? You're calling me defensive? I'm never defensive. Ask around. I'm the last person you'll ever see being defensive. Okay. You're not defensive. And before they even said cut, he was gone. And his beard is much better than either of our beards. Oh my God, we both do comedy, and he's better at basketball, better at beards, and better at yeah. comedy. His beard is like, I don't even know what to say about it other than I get lost in it constantly when I look at it. <laughs> you gaze into <laughs> the beard. And, uh, and he really just didn't. This year he's starting to play a little defense, but yeah. up until this year he just didn't seem to think that it mattered, and it really didn't. No, it really didn't. Kevin McHale was just like, hey, James. Do you think you could just like just every once in a while? go through the motions so the other guys will think it. He's like, okay. All right. Well, okay. Now he, look, he, he took our trophy and now he's, uh, he's gone off to, he's, is he tailoring pants over yeah, there? Yeah, he is. He's tailoring pants. He's eating some tacos <laughs> and he just scored 44 points. How God. did he even do that? James Harden. How did he do that when there isn't even a basketball hoop saying. on the floor? God, frustrating. Uh, next award, uh, probably our youngest recipient this year, Monet Davis. Yeah. From the Little League World Series, uh, and this this is a quote to me that uh, that made her so awesome. Um, I want my curveball like Clayton Kershaw's, and my fastball like Monet <laughs> Davis. So that's amazing. It is so amazing. That kid, she's good, man. I watched some of that. Yeah. I have trouble watching the Little League World Series. Why? I don't know if you feel the same way. Maybe you don't, um, because I think it's so much pressure. Yes. On a little kid and. And maybe it's not that. Maybe, you know, but there's no way it is. Because there's of millions of people watching you. <laughs> yes. You're 11 years old and you're supposed to come through in the clutch. And by the way, Monet Davis is pitching to you, yes. who's probably one of the best pitchers around. Right. So that, to me, I have trouble watching guys stress out. I can't even imagine what I'll be like when I have a kid. <laughs> If that kid decides that they want to play sports, oh, oh. it's it's the worst. Well, I mean, that, and that's what made Monet Davis so transcendent. Besides her being 
a girl was the fact that she was so at peace with yeah. everything that came her way. She was clutch. She was clutch. She threw out, a, after it was all over, she threw out a first pitch for the Dodgers. Strike right down the middle. Yeah. Of course it was. I panic when I order food <laughs> at, the, at Burger King when there's a line. <laughs> And I know I'm holding up the line. I choke. Yeah, I get choke. I don't even. You walk. start to cry. Yeah, yeah. And I know she wouldn't have that issue. So whenever I watched her, that's how I felt. I uh, speaking of kids playing sports, my my kids have never been much for sports. But when my my son was, I think it was ten, he was on a, a little league team here in St. Paul, and it was the first year of kid pitch. And, you know, it had been coach pitch and before that t-ball. So this was kid pitch. The other kids were pitching. And uh, and my son correctly assessed that kids can't throw strikes. And so he would stand up there with no intention of swinging the bat whatsoever and wait to get his walk and then receive his walk. And he would go to first base. And then he would say, there's going to be a point where that catcher will not catch that ball, and that's when I will steal second base. <laughs> and at nearly every at-bat, he got to second base without ever really swinging a bat or without ever really running. And his coach was furious. Really? His coach was furious. He would say, you've got you've to swing. You've got to take a hack at that thing. And my son would say, empirically, no, I don't. Yeah, you don't want to know. Not if you want to win ball games, coach. <laughs> the evidence <laughs> is right here in front of you. Your son is sort of the Joe Maurer yeah. of St. Paul baseball. Yes. And I mean that because Joe Maurer just won't swing if it's not a strike. Yeah. And by the way, he gets ripped for that, which yes, I think he is does. insane. He like, does. Joe Maurer, why, why are you being a good baseball player with excellent, with an excellent eye? Right. It's really frustrating. Why are you not putting yourself yeah. out? <laughs> why don't you swing at a pitch you know you can't hit? Yeah, right. Well, Joe Maurer for a while there, didn't he? Wasn't he uh, dead? Didn't he like yeah. die for a while? <laughs> he, was on the, he was on the death disabled <laughs> He was on the DDL. Hard to get off and, of. Uh, yeah, and then they eventually brought him back. Um, all right, so now now we, uh, and congratulations, Ms. Davis. Oh, look, she, she, threw the, uh, she threw the trophy right back to her seat. It's and it landed strike. right God. where it's supposed to go. Uh, all right, so this is... Uh, you know, I feel like we need to give this award, but I think we we haven't quite finished crafting it. This is uh, this is for for soccer right. or what the rest of the world calls volleyball. That's right. We had, we had a World Cup this year. Yeah, we did. I watched a lot of it. Yeah, yeah. It was actually really fun. I get I get into it every four years, and I watch it pretty intensely. And then I'm one of those people within two minutes. Who just assumes I now know everything about ah, soccer. Right. So I'm trying to figure it out. And I'm like, oh, well, that's what they're trying to do. When in theory, all I know is that they're trying to move the ball closer to the net. But like, I really turned myself into an expert. Yeah. I watched the final game at a big outdoor. I watched it at a, a bar that had a huge outdoor patio, like gigantic with hundreds and hundreds of people. Um, and there was a huge screen and there was like drum Online uh, oh, and wow. stuff. It was really, really fun. This is Germany versus Argentina. Yeah, it was a really good time. And then I, but I realized halfway through that, you know, it's a little unfair that I'm not here because I'm, I'm equal opportunity cheering for both teams. Ah. So when Argentina would score, I'd lose my mind. You were a fan of excitement. Yeah, I was like, this is great. I just want to be here. And because I'm a Cubs fan, and because really. My whole sporting life has been, oh, that's a disappointment. I was like, I, no matter what happens in this game, I'm going to really enjoy it. Your team's going to win regardless. Yeah, and yeah. most people are down with it, but there were a few people 
<laughs> like who were like dressed in like like you know the big German horns yeah. and like you know who were really into their team. <laughs> they were not okay with what I was doing. Big intimidating nationalistic German people. Yeah, yeah. they were sort of like pick a side. Yeah, I was right. Like, I don't want to, Mister. <laughs> I was down in Mexico for uh, just towards the very end. I, it was, I think it was a game with like Brazil and Argentina. Was that one? Was that one of the uh, semifinals? Think, was that the one where Brazil just totally tanked? I think so. Well, I, I watched a few games down there, and and one of them was between two South American countries. Uh, Mexico wasn't involved, but there was an equal number of people in this outdoor bar that were fans of both countries, and it was the same thing. Like everybody was on vacation and, and a little <laughs> drunk so it didn't get acrimonious but uh, but it was the mutability of sports fandom that, yeah. that's what it allows us as as Americans so the donkey goes to mutability yeah absolutely I think so I'm going to give it a second donkey award here to Global Decay too because they uh, as part of the, the massively corrupt FIFA organization uh, they would set up these stadiums in Brazil in these remote Areas like in a rainforest, like in right? a rainforest, in a rainforest that you had to. Did you have to like? You had to use a helicopter. Yeah. Then you had to like hang glide into it. Yeah, it was right. Really hard to get to. You had to kill a guy and then uh, get on a boat and then somehow get to the stadium where they were going to have like six games ever, and then they're just going to let it rot there in the jungle. Is that they're just leaving it? Well, I guess what else would you do with it? But well, yeah, I mean, I think there's probably a sort of city nearby, but you know, it's like all those abandoned Olympic stadiums and and facilities. Like weeds are even now overwhelming. <laughs> it's a rainforest. Stuff is going to grow there fast. Imagine this. Here's a, here's a, a positive twist on it. Imagine you're a ten year old kid in that country, uh-huh. and you're oh, hanging out for the summer. Yes. And you're like, "Hey, let's just go wander around." Right. And then about two miles in, you're like, "Oh, oh my God, is this a giant <laughs> soccer stadium that's just ours?" Like, is, that's pretty cool. Is nobody using it? No. no go <laughs> no, ahead. Let's find some friends. Yeah. And just have the best time of our lives. Yeah. Okay. Well, let, let's think about it that way. Every kid in their lives needs the abandoned factory, <laughs> right. or hospital. Or World Cup Stadium that yeah. you can throw rocks at the windows. Yeah, yeah. We had a big box store that we kind of used that for. Yeah, I forget what, which one it was, but um, yeah, it was pretty great. Uh, all right, so Global Decay and Mutability. Congratulations, Global Decay Mutability, for your trophies. Uh, they were rest sharp. They already left the trophies up at the side, and there's weeds everywhere. That one's on fire. <laughs> uh, the next one. This goes to an owner. Uh, the Donkey Award goes to. Vivek Ranadive, the owner of the Sacramento Kings, because he is bonkers. Uh, I, I've been following this team for a little while, uh, but it's the draft night video from the, the NBA draft in June that really blew my mind. When, they, when he, he has people like Chris Mullen in the room, he has really smart basketball people, and then he badgers them through the course of the entire draft night to draft Nick Stauskas, Mm-hmm. who is a shooting guard out of Michigan, despite the fact that the year earlier they had drafted in the first round a shooting guard. And uh, and everybody kind of goes along with Ranadive because he's the owner, and then they finally draft uh, Nick Stauskas, and then this happens. Nick, we are you're in the war room with the crew. This is Vivek, and we just want to give you a California welcome. So we're going to say one, two, three, and we're all going to shout, Nick rocks, okay? <laughs> You ready? Okay, one, 
two, three. Nate Rocks! I've just never been more uncomfortable seeing seeing video in my life. I have always liked Chris Mullen. Yes. But watching Chris Mullen do the Nick Rocks part. Yeah. Knowing full well that Chris Mullen had no interest in doing the His Nick Rocks. His soul died. Yes. We watched the soul of an NBA legend <laughs> die. Shrivel and crack and fall. Also, Chris Mullen and Mitch Richmond. Weren't they part of the Golden State Warriors? They were. <laughs> With Tim Hardaway? That yes, was like the big three. TMC. Yeah. Yeah. So what are they, Why are doing, they doing as special assistants to the Kings? Well, Ron Adibe used to be a part owner of the Warriors. Ah, okay. So maybe and, that's uh, and I think Richmond played for, for the Kings. I don't know what Mullen's doing there. <laughs> Mullen's just hanging Mullen's around. Mullen's just getting, shooting threes. Getting paid. But, and then, but Mullen resurfaced recently, uh, later in the year, as Ron Adibe fired... Uh, Mike Malone, the the mm-hmm. head coach, after Malone got him off to a pretty good start, because uh, he wasn't improvisational enough. Ronnie Dive said that he wanted a coach that that Malone was too much like a uh, marching band, and he needed somebody to be more like a jazz director. Oh, all right. And so he just he fired him at one thirty in the morning on a Monday. Ugh. And uh, and so I just I I find like uh, epic risk and colossal failure to be fascinating and delightful, <laughs> and uh, and I I have to put him in in in, and apparently also he's this is the owner who had coached fifth grade girls in basketball and came up with this scheme where four of the players are down there trying to score, a fifth one hangs back, and. Uh, what, no, four of them are down trying to uh, defend. The fifth one hangs back so that if they get the ball, they can huck it down to the fifth one and they can get an easy layup. And Ron Adive explained to everybody connected with the team, this works for my fifth grade girls. I want to try it in the NBA. Well, I mean, I don't think that'll work, but we don't know what league those kids are playing in. That's it could true. have been a pretty tough league right, they could be in the- we know. It could be playing in with Real Madrid. Yeah. We well, don't, we don't know what goes on in Europe. No, we have no idea what goes out of Europe. Yeah. Somewhere Tony Kukoc is still playing. Somewhere children cry. Um, yeah, so Ranadive, I'm just I, I, special ownership uh, donkey award. Would you want to know why that doesn't work, John? Actually, because I just thought of this. It just occurred to me. It was a memory that I buried deep. Please. I'm real sorry. I, I want to play in a mural basketball, it's full court. Um, I'm in my late 30s. Everybody yes. else is in their early 20s. Perfect. So by by about the three minute mark, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just standing at the half court mark, and I was that kid mm. in theory in in his scheme. Right. You and were, the ball did get the past me a couple. Yeah, ball did get past me a couple times. If you don't have speed and the ability to get to the other basket fast enough, uh-huh. you're still gonna have that ball stolen from you. Oh. So it really, it's the player, not the scheme, yeah. that makes it work. Oh man, well, you know, amazing things might happen and they might be horrible. So Vivek Ranadive, here's your donkey, congratulations. Uh, and we, we need to address the Olympics. There, were, mm-hmm. there was an, a Winter Olympics, which is almost like an Olympics, uh, this past year in Sochi, Russia. Uh, and uh, it celebrated all achievements related to skidding around on ice. 
What uh, what stuck with you? What was award worthy to you out of uh, out of the Olympics? The fact that there wasn't really any snow, and then <laughs> like that's an issue. Climate change because <laughs> it's a resort town. Yeah, not for it's a it wasn't like a summer resort town. Yeah. So why would you do that? I don't know. I mean, there's plenty of cold places. Well, I mean, Russia. Corruption is off the list because we're talking about the Olympic Committee (laughs) and the Russian government. Yeah, that that, wouldn't happen. So that's off the table. And I know for a fact that the luge, it was either the luge or the bobsled track wasn't done until like the day before it started. And I'm pretty sure the first person who went down crashed. Well, they didn't crash, but there was a little bit of a, oh. Hope this works out. Yeah. However you say that in Russian, <laughs> I'm pretty sure is what they were thinking. Now, we live in Minnesota, and uh, we know what it's like to go sledding when there isn't quite enough snow to go sledding. Yeah. It's the worst. You're, you're setting yourself up for sadness and injury. Yeah, it really hurts. Yeah. And it, you and you think you're going at a reasonable pace, and then you hit a mud slick. Yes. And you are flying. Everything everything changes. You're like going Christmas vacation fast. <laughs> you the reference I'm referring to. I do. Oh. Uh, so climate change gets the donkey there. I'm going to give my donkey here to the uh, Norwegian curling team's pants. Those things are amazing. They are amazing. So here you are, you're Norwegian, and you're curlers. So it's, it's strike one and strike two <laughs> in, in terms of trying to be cool. <laughs> And instead of trying, instead of adopting a really cool look, they lean into it with the most horrific John Daly-esque trousers one has ever seen. That's what I was going to say. It's like they were almost like 1970s golfer pants. Yeah. That they were just like, you know what? I've got an idea. Let's wear this on the ice and really freak everybody out. At first people were like, "Ah, I don't think so. I don't think that's a good idea. And then they march out there. It was essentially, however curling scores go, I don't know, five rocks to zero. Yeah. They got an immediate rock right away. Well, and and it's remarkable. The patterns on the pants were remarkable. But also just the the extroversion on the part of Norwegians. They should really be applauded. The last Mm. thing a Norwegian wants to do is be noticed. And the last thing a Norwegian curler wants to be is, is noticed. So you're saying they wore their personality on their pants? I'm saying they wore the opposite of their personality on what their pants. What they wanted to be on yes. their pants. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's like Halloween. It's like how Halloween is sometimes for some people. Like, you know, you <laughs> you, you dress up in, in a way that you never could in life. Yeah. These are these guys in their pants. Okay. Yeah, that makes total sense. Yeah. I watched it. And I was pretty impressed by those pants, and I was surprised that other people didn't try to like like the next day. Right, hey, we better get to the Sochi Mall, <laughs> step up our pants <laughs> game. Step up our pants game. Have you ever curled? No, oh. I've tried. It's really popular. Yeah, I mean, it looks like the perfect game. You because you're you're playing on a giant shuffleboard table. It's a giant shuffleboard, and you don't have to be all that athletic. You don't have to be athletic at, at all. all. If you know how to sweep, you're yeah. in pretty good shape. You have to sweep very, very fast. You though. do. Yeah. You do. And I guess I should say that after my rec league story that I told. But I don't know, man. I'm pretty sure I can handle curling. I've uh, I've curled a little bit. I curled for a, a radio story I did right here in St. Paul at the St. Paul Curling Club, one of America's oldest. And uh, I I noticed that as I was learning to curl... This woman in the curling lane next to me, maybe it's the pitch, the court, (laughs) the curling real estate allotment, uh, was so much better than me. And I'm like, oh, man, I'm never going to be good. And then I was told, no, no, she's an Olympic medalist who also just happens to. This is where she curls. But apparently what you don't see in the Olympics is the drinking. 
among recreational curlers, it's really just a drinking meeting where you sometimes slide heavy objects. If you're not drinking beer and eating brownies the entire time you're curling, <laughs> you're doing I just feel wrong. like it's a wasted opportunity. I think maybe the sugar high and the alcohol led yeah. to those pants. And to be clear, I'm not saying it's not difficult. I'm just saying I don't think it's an difficult. athletic feat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not difficult. I'm not saying anyone can do it. But yes, I am. You know who would be amazing at it? Oh. James Harden. James Harden? <laughs> He's already curling right now. He, he just curled, curled over the con. He so curled good. across our stage, and he scored a home run <laughs> somehow. All right, turning to baseball, you know, we uh, turning back to baseball, we've already talked about Jeter, but I think we need to give a special award to a gentleman with the most heavy metal name in the world, Rick Wild. And Rick is spelled with two Ks. And uh, it sounds really hot and cool and like the most badass guy in the world, but he's not. This was the guy who had to, from Chevy, he's the Chevy regional manager who gave the Super Bowl MVP award and brand new truck to Madison Bumgarner of the San Francisco Giants. Thanks. Madison, congratulations. Um, as the official sponsor or the official vehicle of Major League Baseball, Chevrolet is proud to participate in this uh, prestigious award. Um, along with our dealers, we are also extremely honored to give back to this sport uh, by supporting baseball in cities and towns across this nation. At Chevrolet, we have um, we have also been proud of the latest and greatest uh, technology in our truck lineup, which is the all-new 2015 uh, Chevy Colorado. Um, it combines class-winning and leading, um, you know, technology and stuff with uh, Wi-Fi powered by OnStar, sitting there on screen, to recognize your performance in this 2014 World Series. I proudly present to you very own set of keys to a brand new 2015 uh, Chevy Colorado. Congratulations. The technology and stuff. <laughs> well, I mean, he's not wrong. He just wasn't being specific. He wasn't being specific. It was, it was amazing to see after Bumgarner, you know, we should probably also give him a donkey award, but all he did was give the most dominating World Series yeah. performance ever by a pitcher. All he did is single-handedly win a, win a team <laughs> sport championship. Right. And so, and so you see this like model of athletic perfection do this amazing thing. And then where I think Rick Wilde gets the donkey, though, is he sends, it takes this transcendent moment of beauty and crashes it right back to earth with awkwardness. So hard. He crashed it so hard. And can you imagine being his family? Oh. Like afterwards, he knows. They all know. I mean, what are you even going to say? What are you it's even going to say? I, you know, it, it almost struck me as being like an odd performance art tribute to the late Chris Farley. Mm -hmm. Remember when Chris Farley would do the Chris Farley yeah. show bit and That's would exactly get all tongue-tied? Like. And uh, this Rick Wilde is a rather large gentleman as well. And it, it just, uh, it seemed... But then you realize it's either the best performance ever or it's all real. It was all real. I heard a lot of people saying, well, maybe it was just an amazing, amazing play by Chevy. Yeah. No. No. No way. Because no one could suffer that much yeah. on camera without, you know what I mean? Completely yeah. falling apart if it's not real. And that was just, he, if it wasn't real, he would have broke at and, a certain point. And to, un, you know, in fairness, I love the guy. Because he did fall apart. Yeah. And I mean, over a Chevy. Over a Chevy and <laughs> Madison Bumgarner. 
And you hear about this from people who've gone on game shows. They're like, you know, sitting at home, you're nailing Jeopardy. But when you're up there and the lights are on, oh, you've yeah. got the hand on the buzzer, it's so much worse. So much harder. I don't think I've ever gotten something right on Jeopardy. Really? Watch it. <laughs> Just, you'd be the worst. I don't think I've ever. But maybe it's the reverse for me. Maybe yeah. like the lights hit me and then all and you're sort like, of it's like, on. I do know fourth century literature. If you can ever find on YouTube this celebrity Jeopardy where Andy Richter, a friend from our other show, Wits, uh, mops the floor with Wolf Blitzer. Really? It's so delightful. That's awesome. Because Wolf Blitzer is pretty awful <laughs> in terms of uh, humanity in the, in the space of that show. And Andy, nice guy, just, just cleans the floor with him. That's awesome. Uh, all right. So uh, so now finally Rick Wilde gets a trophy. Oh, no him. speeches, Rick. No, no, no. Rick, it's fine. Stop, just stop talking. Keep Rick, on Rick. walking. Oh, brother. Oh, wow. James Harden just gave a good speech for him. Thanks, James. Uh, all right. Uh, a donkey award to V... Stiviano. Uh, this is the friend, the companion, the girlfriend of now former Los Angeles Clippers owner Donald Sterling, uh, who recorded a conversation between the two of them in which Donald Sterling just says a whole lot of horrible racist things. This led to Sterling being suspended and fined and ultimately banned from the NBA and having his team sold out from under him. V. Stiviano. Well, first off, see you later, Donald Sterling. Right. You know what I mean? So so she's doing a service to yeah. everybody. Yes. Yeah. I I like the the um the insistence sticking firm with the first name V. Yeah, why not? Is it Vicky? Is it Valencia? <laughs> I laugh because my mom's name is Vicky. It might be so Vicky. So you never know. But but we just we never know. Like someone is able to do this amazing thing and still just stick with the first name V. It's like J-Mo. It I is. Like that. Actually, that really works, man. I know. That's pretty hot. Just, just keep that for a while. Maybe if if we all just start going by our first initials, we could all just start ridding the world of crazy yeah. racists. I think we'd be less full of ourselves, too. Yeah. Because we're all just initials at that point. We're just, yeah, it's more efficient. Yeah, and uh, and then we could just toss out all the all the jerks and 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 racists from uh, society. Yeah, I think we're onto something. Can I give a shout out to the new commissioner of the NBA? Oh yeah, because I saw he handled that all really well. Adam all, Silver, yeah. talk about how he handled that. Well, he just booted him out of the league in in a league where we have other com- in a world where we have other commissioners maybe not doing such a great job right. handling really horrific things in a, in a league where uh, his predecessor David Stern had put up with. Donald Sterling doing all kinds of crazy, right. horrible stuff for decades. Yeah, this guy just laid it down, and he was Sterling was out. Yeah, I was just like, that's pretty impressive, just that he did it like that. I mean, he should have done it, but that he just handled it the way he handled it. Yeah, and also you've only been on the job for a couple months, right? <laughs> whatever it was. So here's a really huge thing you have to handle. A silver. That's yeah, a silver. A silver. Oh my God, that works. I know, right? A <laughs> silver. We're really onto something here. Well, the last name has a lot to do. With yeah, it really does help. It really does help. Uh, final Dunkey Award of the year. I have to award this to uh, the UConn women's basketball team. UConn, in terms of the University of Connecticut, not remote parts of northwestern Canada. <laughs> this is a team that went. I believe 40 and 0 mm-hmm. over the course of the season. They won every single one of their games and then won every game in the March tournament and uh, and they won a national championship. And I had to look this up. Yeah. Because this amazing accomplishment registered so shallowly with me 
that uh, that I needed to find it during research, which is uh, my fault and society's. Yeah, I would agree. Let's put it more on society. Okay. I think you're a nice guy. <laughs> I'm fine. Seconds to go. It's another perfect ending for UConn. The 2014 national champions for an unprecedented ninth time. UConn sweeps the men's and women's finals for the second time. And once again, stores Connecticut as the center of the college basketball universe. But but then I mean this is what this is what confounds me too. Like why is it that in women's tennis, we can all recognize Serena Williams as being just one of the greatest athletes in history, right? especially in that sport? And, you know, you watch, you always know who wins women's Wimbledon as well as men's Wimbledon. There's there's some equity, there's some gender equity of fandom in the world of tennis. But Although, to be fair, I don't know who won either of those. Yeah, I know. It's, but I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're yeah, saying. but uh, they're they're comparable. Right. But in women's basketball, the, these women from UConn, the best, the cream of the crop from this undefeated team, their their highest ambition at this point will go to play for almost no money in the WNBA and then have to go earn a living the rest of the year in like Latvia. Right. So you win well, at UConn, and yeah. then let's say you join a team like the Lynx, yeah, which has has had a sort of an equal streak of dominance. Not quite what the UConn women's team has done, but they've been really, really good. Championship caliber Minnesota Lynx of the yeah. WNBA. And then you barely hear about them. Right. And then so Even like, in Minnesota. Right. Even in Minnesota. You know what I mean? And then, yeah, like you say, all right, get on the, yeah. the one-wing plane to Latvia. Yep. Go to Turkey and uh, and try to make enough to pay your mortgage. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, I I remember the last couple times the Lynx have uh, have won world championships. I've almost wanted to go out and riot just out of politeness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. Just just throw a car over and set it on fire just to kind of uh, you know I, I feel it's fair. Well, every time the Timberwolves are brought up mm. rather than the Lynx, and I know they play during different times of the year. Yes, but every time the Timberwolves are brought up at all because they're not having the greatest year, yeah. I just want to be like, why aren't we just talking about how great the Lynx were <laughs> right. the year prior? Because that's going to be a more enjoyable conversation for everybody involved. But I think in that sense, the Timberwolves are the more naturally Minnesotan team of the two because you can, you know, they they are realizing the failure and disappointment that we all expect is right around the corner all the time. Yeah, they really are. Whereas the Lynx are kind of anomalous <laughs> because they're good. Yeah, the, the Lynx are, they stand out amongst a field of not so great stuff. Let's give the Lynx a donkey too. As yeah. Long, we've got a couple extra on the table. Oh, what we were out. James Harden made some new trophies. James Harden, you're amazing. You are amazing. Oh my God! Did you fix the hole in my sweater? Wow, James, that's great. Oh, look at that. That's an omelet. Can we call these awards next year the Hardens? The Hardens. Can I just throw that out there? I think so. This, oh. this is the final year of the Dunkies. <laughs> Tune in next year as Mike Fotis and I join join you and bring you the hardens the producer of home dunk is nina patak we get uh production help from johnny vince evans and Corey shreppel and all sorts of people all over the building you can go to infiniteguest.org and find all sorts of great podcasts many of which are celebrating their infinite guest year-end extravaganza episodes mike fotis thanks for being with me thanks for having me on it was fun i'm john mo bye now